Hello and welcome to the How to Trade Like a Pro podcast. I'm Wieland Alt and in this episode I welcome Piers Crosby, the CEO of TradingView. With Piers, I'm talking about his life, his career, about TradingView and of course about business and what you can learn from all of this. Before we start, please take a closer look to the risk disclaimer in the show notes and now enjoy the podcast. Hi. I'm very happy to welcome Piers Crosby from TradingView. Piers, we are discussing already for quite a while about how to meet, when to make this possible, because it's not that easy. As CEO of TradingView, you're a very business, a busy person, and you're sitting right now in the US, and I'm in Asia and Bangkok, so it's literally 12 hours. It's evening at your place and very early in the morning at my place. So I'm very, very happy that you made it possible that we can discuss about life, career, trading view, business, and whatever comes to mind. So very happy to have you here. Welcome, Piers. Thank you so much, Wyland. And obviously, I'm glad that we could both make time. I know it's been a bit difficult uh, to find schedules uh, these days, but It is always the case with our you know, global ambitions. We like to connect with people globally, and so uh, right. yeah, uh, good to good to hear you're on the road again. And and obviously, I hope uh, myself to 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 join at some at some juncture. Um, uh -huh. But in the interim, yes, we we have a a campus here in New York. Um, our global headquarters, managed by our our global CEO um, Dennis, is um, in London and. So we split time kind of uh, between two two continents. Thus, we can kind of uh, elongate mm -hmm. a lot of our day and, and key projects. Um, but um, yeah, good to join you from New York. Right. Uh, speaking of, I mean, we, we already discussed that you are also traveling quite a bit. I mean, not like, like uh, the whole year, but quite a stretch of time. You're not in the office, if you're in an office at all. So where are you right now? Except you. Yeah, no, no. We um, so we have an office here. It's um, uh, a suite right off um, Madison Square Park, so very centrally located, which is super convenient when it comes to meeting with um, brokerages, uh, banks, uh, a lot of the hedge funds and asset managers who use TradingView every day. Um, so so usually you can find me here in the office, um, but uh, when when not in the office, uh, as you mentioned, I am a big fan of the road. I, I generally travel around. Uh, not just the country, but um, you know, try to go a kind of intra intra country um, for for the purposes of kind of better understanding, you know, what's happening in many regional markets, and and ultimately, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the differences between say um, both economic and political um, kind of levers that that obviously change those those markets a lot. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I'd say on average, I'm probably on the road four to five months of the year. Um, But uh, but in general, uh, for the most part, I try to stay as much um, synced with my time zone as possible. So that means yeah. a lot of trips to, to Latin America, uh, a lot of trips to South America as well. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I tried to go kind of outside my shell as well. I mean, um, last spring, we actually had the pleasure of going to India for, for almost uh, two months um, just to work with some of our team out there and, and kind of expand oh. the operation in, in India. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, clearly we, we do have, um, roots kind of all over the world. And so it's, it's awesome because I can fly in kind of any country and, um, lo and behold, uh, there's a, there's a trading view office, or if, even if not an office, um, there's somebody that I can, you know, still break bread with and, and ultimately 
share uh, share a meal and, and discuss um, all things trading view. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it sounds exciting, and it definitely is. So it's not about today where we re really want to talk about new business models in terms of, oh, you know, we have all this new working environment and everybody works everywhere, but still kind of it is because if you go to traditional companies, you know, they are like, oh, this is a working space. You have to be there nine to five, but don't dare to show up at nine, <laughs> come earlier, you know, things like this. And things changed. They didn't just changed for you being CEO, they also it also changed for employees if if you're an employee at all, if you're not just freelancing and you know having a little a little bit more responsibility and also having the possibility to schedule everything on your own and work the way you want, where you want. And this is huge, I think. So how is it organized with trading you? Um, well, structurally, yeah, I think that w we were always kind of set up to to uh, inherit some of the benefits, if you will, of remote work, where uh, um, maybe more traditional finance companies had a, a more aggressive policy around things like um, uh, remote work or remote uh, kind of uh, location policies um, right. for security purposes, of course. Um, yes. But uh, but even before um, I joined, actually, uh, the CEO and uh, and and CTO of TradingView, they they were previously from from Eastern Europe and actually traveling a lot uh, around kind of Europe in general and and um, as a result, you know they've always had to be connected kind of wherever they are. Mm -hmm. What that has kind of um, precipitated, if you will, is a, a very very substantial um, uh, difference in kind of. Uh, uh, opinion as to uh, in office versus out of office work and 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 um and kind of what is sustainable over over time because they've been doing this for oh I'd say probably 30 30 odd years now um mm -hmm. since I think straight out of straight out of high school they started um as uh kind of engineer contractors uh, product managers and um uh have been working with kind of global companies ever since and so um, no, as a result, the the ethos of Trading View is very much distributed work. Um, we we do have some central functions and central technology. So uh, a lot of our our core operations um, is managed on Jira, and then a lot of our day to day communications is managed via various chat applications, as you can imagine. Um, yeah. But as a result, we we um, we're pretty interconnected intraday. Even if I'm not, you know, looking at you, you know, directly across the the office floor. Um, I can definitely, you know, quickly ping, say, some of our team in in LATAM, or or say, uh, some of our team in London, and catch them kind of, uh, you know, the tail end of their day. In, mm -hmm. in some cases, uh, morning if I'm up early enough. But uh, but yeah, it, it's really it really is kind of um, a global office, if you will. Thus, yep. the the idea of kind of um, a physical office becomes less and less important as long as people are plugged in and, and connected accordingly. So um, yeah, it remains pretty a pretty uh, you know interesting setup. And when COVID happened, it was quite interesting because uh, we've we've always been kind of developed like this. Um, and so COVID kind of kind of occurred and, and we really didn't have any difference in day-to-day -day operations. Um, right. You know, a lot of people I think had to um, maybe bring some of their workstations home. <laughs> but mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that was pretty much it. We had no uh, security issues or uh, data issues or privacy issues um, because we've already had that infrastructure kind of under us from from day one which has been um, right. yeah in, insanely helpful a differentiating factor i think um 
which obviously allowed us to focus on the business during during that period versus kind of focus on the operational side of the of the company during that time. True. I mean, I remember back then, you know, I was I was also working as a consultant management, I did management trainings and consultancy. So when when this happened and everybody went, uh, went into lockdown, it was a huge issue because most companies weren't prepared for this. Some got, you know, they just got broke because of that, because they didn't manage to do anything about this. And some were just like you. You didn't feel anything about it at all because everything was already in place and happening. So this is a huge benefit. One one hand and second, it's like, yeah, it's some kind of filter for the good and the bad, you know, like this is what disruption does. Now it was like disruption from some, you know, unknown factors. But anyway, on a personal uh, personal side, I would also um, like to know how you managed yourself because being president of IFTA, it's more or less the same for me. People can approach me like 24-7 because there, there are, you know, we have member societies all over the world. And whenever somebody wants, you know, wants to reach out to me, I really have to take care that I turn off my phone, mute everything. <laughs> Otherwise, I will not come to any rest. How is it about you? How do you deal with it? Well, I mean, I, I think, um, yeah, you, you definitely have to be very, very vigilant with, um, with schedules and and um, and ultimately, you got to put a little more emphasis into uh, fifteen minute increments uh, of mm -hmm. your day, um, right. and that's because uh, there there is always someone who wants to book you for something. <laughs> um, yeah. And if you ever intend to actually have a have a breakfast or um, or maybe even a dinner, it's uh, it's always good to to block out time for yourself. So um, I'm I'm very religious on on um, having a very uh, extreme policy around calendaring. Um, but what that allows me to do is basically um, you have a very, very normal schedule uh, according to uh, most people, I think. Um, uh, but that's kind of with, with, uh, with time comes, comes perfection, right? So uh, I think when, when I first joined TradingView um, and, and during the pandemic as well, um, you know, shortly thereafter, there were definitely periods where, um, well, work was essentially infinite, right? TradingView is not tethered to the real world at all, anyways. It's all it's all you know digital by its nature. So, um, yeah, there were definitely periods of time where um, you know we were trapped in our house and and kind of you get you get bored of reading another book or bored of watching more TV. So it's like, well, let's yeah. just get back to work. So. Um, but, uh, but I think that you can kind of, um, figure out what, you know, if you're, if you're very thoughtful about, you know, uh, you know, your mental health and ultimately your, your personal time, you can definitely find ways to, um, yeah, make a balancing act for me. It's just become scheduling, uh, because without a calendar, people, uh, people uh, tend to just take advantage. If, if, uh, if you have time, they'll, they'll take it. And um, yeah. while I while I do love that both internally and externally, um, it is it is definitely a, a double edged sword. So got to make sure that um, you can kind of maintain, you know, both both health and uh, and personal time to you know uh, stay in shape, you know, go out with friends and and all that. So, um, mm. but yeah, I I, I I definitely do not want to uh, <laughs> disclose how how the how the calendar works because it is bizarre. It's absolutely out there. There's um. At any at any given time, I think throughout the day, I have something close to twenty five or so um, things booked, and then I personally probably book another five or six for for personal time. 
And, um, and so, yeah, it's an absolute, absolute, uh, uh, yeah, uh, kind of a hurricane of sorts in there. Um, but, uh, but as a result, yeah, I mean, it, it works so far. So um, I'll, I'll keep doing it as, as long as it, uh, it doesn't break uh, yet, I guess. But um, yeah, in terms of other key, key operational things, one thing is to um, giving uh, key teammates access to, um, you know, core conversations from a corporate level as well as from uh, partnerships and, and strategy level. Um, I've come to learn that uh, my inbox is also uh, a great place for people to air out their concerns as well as um, general uh, general kind of catch-ups and things like this sure. with uh, people from all over the world that, that ultimately I don't have a ton of um, capacity to, to manage alongside day-to-day operational tasks. And so yeah. um, a, lot of, a lot of kind of catch-ups and stuff like that have been um, I always just CC teammates that um, that I know can spearhead the conversations themselves. Or um, as soon as it comes in the in the door, if you will, I try to make sure it goes about back out the door, such that um, somebody can kind of manage that um, that conversation going forward. And and that's crucial because um, yeah, there can be a twenty car pileup of projects that uh, that nobody really um, can can actually execute against except myself, and then I become kind of a bottleneck in this case. So. Uh, I'm very, very uh, good at, at reallocating uh, when, 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 uh, when possible. At least there's obviously some yeah. things that can only be done by me, but, um, but for the most part, I found um, some really good teammates that can that can kind of uh, manage some of the day to day. And I do say one one key thing of the remote life is, um, you know, uh, sitting here in the office. There's there's a ton of benefit in in um, having a very tight knit team that you can quickly kind of. Um, uh, delegate or or chat with um, in real time. That that is something that is hard to um, replace 100%. Whereas something like a, a Slack or or uh, WhatsApp or Skype. I mean, these are all great tools in terms of um, you know uh, routine check ins and and the like. But but um, but there is some intangibility to uh, you know something comes in the door, we evaluate it in real time. Uh, come up with a solution together and then actually, you know, go on about our ways. That is, yeah. um, that's really hard to replace. I will say, um, you know, we're getting there, but it's, uh, but definitely I think that, yeah, there's, there's some great kind of intangibles to the, to the in-office environment still. True. Yeah. I mean, it's, again, it's, it's not about leadership in general. I want to go with, but still I want to sum some things up, which come to mind and maybe, help the other one or the other guy just to manage himself too or herself whatever so thing is which will be very, very important being a company which is worldwide and by definition also remote it i feel like it's it's a huge well it's a huge benefit because you cannot micromanage at all because you're not you're not around you know? <laughs> you, you cannot just jump over to your employee and watch what he's doing you just have to wait what happens after it's done right so that's how i feel about it and it's a huge opportunity to let things go and uh, you know also show a little bit more trust because you have to have this by definition as uh, as well so i think this this kind of organization being remote being worldwide letting people work on their own is is a major fact for a successful um, business and company right now compared to back in you know back back let's say pre-pandemic <laughs> the before times yep yep no no i mean in terms of uh from a hiring capacity as well um i mean keep in mind we were just chatting a little bit about um kind of the the global uh team that is trading view um 
Yeah, I mean, we have we have folks in more than 25 countries, right? And I mean, they some of them some of them have small offices, um, but but safe to say, I mean, uh, most most do not, and and they they essentially you know kind of either work from you know like a hot desk or or kind of um, uh, a small suite or something like this. But but for all intents and purposes, you know, we consider them 100% remote and. I mean, these people would not have the opportunity to work with TradingView if we were centralized in a way that, um, you know, tied us to London or New York. Um, I mean, safe to say, you know, I have absolute rock stars, you know, based out of Asia or LATAM or even Europe that um, that honestly absolutely crush on their on their home turf, if you will. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, if I go to France, you know, um, if you're in Paris, I mean, people are very proud of being Parisian and they're not going to move. Um, and so I'd rather hire them on on their home home soil than you know uh, locate them out to London where they're just going to be bitter and, and cold and tired. Um, and so so it's a great it's a great asset because uh, yeah I mean uh, London and New York are are not easy cities that's for sure and they're also extremely expensive. So um, no we're 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 very very uh, kind of happy to have such a kind of diverse team, both from a, you know demographic standpoint but also from a geographic standpoint. Right. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally agree. Uh, Piers, let's go a little bit more into your personal career path because you're just um, not the trading view is not your first fintech startup, so to say. You also been working for uh, StockTwits. So how how was that? And what what is let's say the the growing difference um, between like reach out to the people, how things develop? So so mm. what was that? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, they're very different growth trajectories uh, of both mm -hmm. Stockwits and TradingView. Um, I think uh, one thing that sticks out to me in terms of um, my time at Stockwits versus my time at TradingView is that um, when I started Stockwits, um, Howard Lindzen, the, the founder, basically reached out to me via Twitter. Um, and at the time I was actually working in, inside of Thomson Reuters, which is an enormous machine of a company, um, yeah. getting pretty, getting pretty burnt out on corporate life. And, uh, he basically showed me the, uh, the alternative, uh, which was to basically be the first employee, um, for, uh, Stockwoods New York. So, um, uh, essentially it, it was Howard and his co-founder. Uh, and, and an elite engineer uh, based out of San Diego, and then myself in New York trying to run um, the commercial side of the business. Um, right. I had no real rationale uh, for doing this other than I was simply bored, and I thought this was an awesome way to to kind of run my own my own shop. And um, safe to say, you know, I, I did five years there. Um, I learned pretty much everything there is to know about business um, from that experience. And uh, you know, from that, I think I had a pretty clear understanding of what works, what doesn't work, uh, yeah. models to to consider and not to consider. And um, I stepped away and then TradingView found me, actually, and I was fully remote at the time, actually, surfing in, in Mexico. Um, TradingView asked if I wanted to, to join. And initially, I was a bit skeptical because I, I thought about going back to California, a lot of thoughts about... Um, you know, do I want to stay in fintech? Is this really for me? Um, mm -hmm. But uh, but safe to say, uh, they were convincing enough and and um, and and very accommodative of the idea of kind of this kind of uh, hybrid schedule, having a strong team in New York and, and things like this. And um, 
it, it's interesting because when I started here, it was actually very similar structure to when I joined at StockTwits. Safe to say there was none. Um, very, very flat organization. And mm -hmm. um, and we still are, to our credit. I think that um, a lot of the benefits of TradingView is that it is extremely flat uh, and very, very democratic. So there's there's not a ton of bureaucracy. You know, essentially, if you have great ideas, um, you can really make a difference. Um, and and that's a, a, an incredible asset for both companies, for sure. Um, but I think in terms of, um, yeah, I mean, the biggest takeaway for me was uh, I, I was coming with a very, very full playbook, which was um, here's what worked in StockTwits, here's what didn't work. Um, right. and, and TradingView basically gave me an outlet to really execute against that. And um, I mean, since I've been here, we've grown from uh, about 70 people to uh, close to 700. Um, which wow. is a, a a pretty incredible journey. When I was at Stockwitz, I was like the third or fourth employee. And then we grew that to about 50. So it was actually a perfect leapfrog moment, if you will, just uh, inside of a different company. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, the reason I think uh, TradingView really hit uh, what you consider to be exit velocity or the hockey stick growth curve um, mm -hmm. versus, say, versus, say, a Stockwitz is... Um, TradingView is is a utility. It's it's very much a um, an essential tool or feature that um, that kind of underlies the um, the uh, the foundations of the service uh, or the foundations of the industry rather. Um, yeah. Whereas Stockwitz was always a nice to have, meaning it's always great to have other traders that you can connect with and you can chat with in real time. Um, right. But the the difference between utility versus nice to have is enormous. And um, and thus you could see that adoption curve becoming very very differentiated, right? It's kind of like, you know, people need to have a an email service provider or uh, a CRM service. Uh, it's like a you it's a must have. You have to have it in order to be successful at what you're doing, and whether it's e-commerce or or um, you know solution sales or anything like that. And yeah. and the same goes for trading and investing. You really have to have um, a foundational product where you can. Get all your information, your data, um, back testing, screener tools, etc., and to have that all at one place is um, is uh, pretty underrated. Actually, I didn't realize at the time when I joined, but uh, most uh, kind of comprehensive solutions usually cost somewhere in the range of you know five hundred to you know ten thousand bucks, just depending on you know how how advanced you want to get. Um, exactly. Whereas TradingView, you know, has always been literally since we started uh, 14 bucks a month, which is um, I think probably uh, a factor of 10 in terms of the lowest cost uh, player in the space. So um, yeah, so uh, it turns out, you know, really, really well-priced product plus uh, utility functions. That's like the key factor to really make um, that kind of escape velocity occur. Um, right. And then we just needed kind of the right catalyst um, the pandemic honestly was an insane catalyst because um, people were stuck at home and they basically, again, as we just discussed, you know, they were tired of reading books and looking at uh, looking at TV screens. So they're like, well, hey, maybe I'll I'll actually uh, get into investing. And and we saw a lot of that growth as a result of people kind of um, finding investing and finding apps like Robinhood and and, and these kind of newer startups. Um, mm -hmm. And we were a great place for people to do that that um, that investment analysis. And yeah, the same occurs for for crypto as well, right? Crypto basically was born in some parts on TradingView. I mean, we were we were the first ones to pull crypto data feeds from 
from Mount Gox back in the day before Mount Gox yeah. went bankrupt um, uh, due to some of the hacks that, that occurred um, in the early days of crypto. But we mm -hmm. were pulling in data feeds to TradingView back in 2013, which is, I think, when Bitcoin was like 40 cents or something like this, or maybe four bucks, I think. But um, but uh, but yeah. So uh, crypto's boom has has been very much uh, correlated with stock uh, with TradingView's boom as well, and um, yeah. those are those are also intertwined. So, but these catalysts are impossible to to predict. You know, you just have to be at the right place at the right time. So um, yeah, I think TradingView is always set up for for um, you know the opportunity to inherit such catalysts, but but honestly, um, who had any idea that it would kind of take off in the way it did? But um, but yeah, that's kind of the the summary of, of the difference between the two, right? Stock twins versus trading view. Right. I mean, the the journey you you described was like incredible because before trading view, and also right now we have local, which means local on your computer, and local, which means regional local some offerings, you know, you have like the download software, all the classic stuff, and you have, of course, some here, I know in Germany there, there have been two, now it's just one left, and mm -hmm. they are really, they're doing a really good job, but somehow something is missing, even though they might have the community part as well. They're not so successful, not even close to what trading you manage to reach and to you know to achieve and also what comes to mind when you, feel, when you say yeah we, we were more or less the first ones showing bitcoin data showing bitcoin charts we were together with with robin hood and all this you know all these fintechs all the new technology coming in into the markets and what people are looking for what what really is let's say sexy in a certain way you know i feel like it's you being a startup, fintech, being modern, being, you know, all this, all this, let's say, millennial young guys stuff, which all comes together. It's like, you know, like a group finding each other and just sure. by doing this. It's like you leave everyone behind being, let's say, some boomer, <laughs> you know, <laughs> things like that. I can say that because I am a boomer, right? So I'm, I'm yeah, to say, yeah. you know, yeah, but... No, no. Kind of like yeah, no, we didn't like, we didn't rise by ourselves. That's for sure. Yeah, we definitely right. rose in in good company. I would say with a bunch of these new age um, fintechs exactly. and and other brands. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's like you, you as as not being part of this. There's no chance. Done. You can go. You know, it feels kind of like this. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the new right? wave. I mean, I'm I'm very happy that we, you know, we're kind of ready for it because um, a lot of brands kind of missed it. That's definitely true. So yeah, it's, uh, it's okay. been interesting, no doubt. Yeah. So it it gives it's give it gives some ideas of how to pick the right people for your company, and you know, it gives you a vision, and it also explains a lot why you know why why just a group of people just stick amongst themselves for that mm -hmm. reason. Yeah. True, true. Let's continue with trading view because it's very interesting also not just to see how structure is and how you manage yourself and, and how mm -hmm. your career has been so far. It's also very interesting to see more about the growth and speaking a little bit more about IFTA. For me, it's very, very interesting also to see how different regions of the world develop and mm -hmm. how trading is perceived and investing and technical analysis in different parts of the world. So what is your experience with TradingView? Where are the markets who are most interesting right now in terms of growth or also community-wise? And which mm -hmm. are markets 
uh, where you feel like it's a little bit disappointing. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we we have plenty of disappointments. Um, that's that's for sure. But we're we're always um, aspirational for all countries. I think in terms of um, when they when they discover investing in a more meaningful way, and and um, you know if they discover investing, maybe they actually move into into full scale trading, right? Um, mm -hmm. And uh, and that's kind of uh, the journey that we see a lot of. Um, people kind of encountering in, in, uh, in emerging markets and in new countries that um, maybe even 10 years ago, or heck, even five years ago, it wasn't even really possible, um, safe to say, as a result of, you know, the other fintech players in the space that have, that have made these, um, these investing opportunities actually a, a potential reality for, for folks who previously wouldn't have had that opportunity. So, um, but, no, I mean, I would say um, geographically, um, I am probably the most impressed uh, with India, uh, for sure. I think it's um, well, it's it's by far our largest country um, from a traffic perspective uh, on a monthly basis, and um, even two years ago, it didn't register as a top ten country for us. So yeah. um, all of a sudden, it's blown by all other countries that were kind of in the running, and uh, and as a result, we're we're very very excited to uh, to see what what India has in store for it. I think um, this this is a similar story we see with um, many emerging markets as well as, um, uh, I wouldn't call them emerging markets, but rather, um, you know, um, tier two financial markets, right? So maybe, maybe you have like the majors, which is say London, Hong Kong, um, you know, New York, uh, Singapore, uh, Frankfurt, and maybe um, Amsterdam. Or maybe like right. a couple others, but um, but there's a lot of other uh, financial markets, um, say in in Rio or or other kind of major markets that have that have really been been um, uh, I guess taking hold and and I think it's it's become more accessible for a lot of investors for many reasons, but most notably, uh, I would say that the actual amount of information that exists now on these companies. Has, mm -hmm. has changed substantially in the last five to 10 years. Um, yeah. And we, we in the, the US have say um, the SEC and we have Edgar and we have uh, the ability for people to actually file, um, you know, 10Ks and 10Qs or 8Ks and 10Qs, which are, you know, public disclosures around how much money does this company make? Um, you know, what's its earnings per share? Um, you know, what's its revenue per employee count? Things like this. and. Um, you know, even a few years ago, that that data in many of these countries was really hard to get your hands on, um, mm -hmm. or you had to go down to say a local stockbroker who would print you out a tear sheet uh, to to tell you whether or not this was a good or bad company to invest in. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's that's pretty insane, but that's really the way most of the world worked not even that long ago. Um, yeah. So as a result, you see a ton of interest, I think, due to the transparency. Uh, that you see in these markets, right? Where um, previously it wasn't even something that they would consider looking at because, um, well, it's safe to say they had no idea if there was any um, if there was any real evidence that this company was legit or not. Um, mm -hmm. and, and maybe it was, but um, but that would be kind of hearsay, right? There's no kind of public filings to to back it up or, or have any right. credibility. So um, so many countries like India have done a lot with their financial regulators to actually. Um, pare down kind of the um, the fraudsters or uh, the companies that are just uh, kind of non-credible. And, mm -hmm. uh, and as a result, you see kind of a really um, new kind of investor class kind of emerging. 
um, as a result. And um, and you see that I think in a lot of countries, not just India, but um, but that's due to the fact that you know markets are developing from a technology standpoint, and technology really is a uh, proliferation of information. Um, mm. And the more information that's out there, the more people have kind of time and and willingness to look into these companies, and then if they really do believe that it's something, you know, that could have significant uh, ways to go, they realize, yeah. well, I actually have now the tools at my disposal um, to actually place a, a trade or, or make an investment, um, yeah. which uh, again, uh, I really look to Zerota as an example in India, which is a pretty unknown broker for maybe most, uh, most of your audience, I'd say around the world. Mm. It's really not, um, it's not, it's not a known brand, but um in mm -hmm. in India, it's gone from being um, an absolute nothing of a company to becoming, uh, if not the top, I'd say one of the top uh, brokers in all of India. And this is because pr prior to Zerota, um, Indian brokering was still done on a telephone where, you know, they would essentially call you up or you would call them and uh, and place a trade or, or you know, they, they give you what's on the list for today and if you don't want, like what they have, then, you know, like no interest, uh, you have to hang up and dial somebody else. Um, yeah. And so Zerota was kind of the Robin Hood moment for, for India. And uh, as a result, it's, it's a huge company today. And um, yeah, I've had the pleasure to meet with Nithin a couple of times. He's the founder of Zerota. And um, again, right place, right time. He didn't really think that he was doing something that legendary. Um, but really what he did is provide a ton of transparency to, um, to everyday investors and and uh yeah as a result it's a enormous enormous company so um yeah trading view benefits from all these uh new players coming online because um you know where we specialize is more in kind of the analytics of companies and kind of um you know how to look at companies from a technical sense versus um a fundamental sense um and then how do they compare versus another basket of companies all these mm -hmm. type of kind of analyses um, but if we didn't have partners like Zerota uh, in the space, I, I don't think we would have done nearly as well because at the end of the day, you know, people don't like to just research for research sake. They actually want to put money behind their ideas. And so mm -hmm. uh, companies like that have been uh, hugely substantial to um, to our growth in some of these markets. And um, same goes the reverse, right? Like um, in a lot of Eastern Europe, there's really not a ton of, say, broker innovation. Uh, because uh, safe to say that's a that's a case of a lot of regulation in, in a very fractured region um, and a lot of incumbents that don't really want uh, new players to come into the market. Um, and as a result, you see a very, very slow amount of growth comparatively uh, in, in TradingView um, uh, simply because of that. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a good example, I'd say, of, of kind of uh, kind of our various tr growth trajectories. But um yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely interesting because I had no idea how correlated we were with a maturing market, um, but it turns out that it, it goes hand in hand in, in every region. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what what you mentioned is not just you know you have this community factor with TradingView. You also have, I mean, basically it was like technical analysis, and then you know somehow community came into place, and then it felt like let's let's put some brokers into it as well. So they can mm. really follow up with their trading idea, not just mm -hmm. doing it by themselves and shut up, but also share it and just, you know, just open the trade with a click. And this is something which is 
I mean, disrupting the industry from my point of view, right? Because you have everything in hand and to make it even better, you also can do everything mobile, done, you know? So totally. it's, yeah. it's perfect. Yeah, so so it's really, really amazing. So what what is the next step for TradingView? What is in the pipeline? What can people look for? Um, well, there's there's plenty in the pipeline. Safe to say, um, we we are very excited to be you know collaborating more with um, international organizations like yourself. Um, right. Besides that, I'd say um, yeah, we continue to look globally and and um, you know kind of really mature in in various markets where we we barely have a foothold, uh, mm -hmm. more or less a, a toehold or a, a tiny thread that. Uh, holds various countries together, um, but uh, so we're definitely maturing the the business internationally um, mm -hmm. in in various markets, and and you'll see that uh, by way of more community based meetups, uh, more more local events in various markets. Um, but um, but on top of that, I'd say the technology itself continues to to prosper in in many ways. Um, most notably, I would say the. Um, the diversity of, of data that we that we offer on TradingView, um, mm -hmm. I can I can safely disclose that we are we are working very diligently on on options, which is um, a very uh, maybe mundane asset class for some, but um, but for others it is kind of uh, hand in glove. It's it's essential for for trading strategies and hedging strategies. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, previously, you know, TradingView has about 1.6 million instruments uh, across our platform. So economic data, uh, FX data, crypto data, equity data, um, yeah. you name it, we, we have it, about 1.6 million different instruments you can look at. Um, now, if, when we add options, it'll actually double that footprint, um, which just goes to show how massive uh, the amount of data that we're trying to capture is, and then pass mm -hmm. that on to the end customer. So it's it's definitely a, a technical, uh, what would you call that, leapfrogging, if you will, where we have to rebuild a lot of our uh, our tech stack to be able to manage uh, this scale of data. But um, but safe to say, it is a, a huge innovation that we are um, pretty pretty excited about. Um, and then beyond that, I mean, we're we're working a lot more towards um, not just charting. I mean, we continue to you know develop our charting capabilities. It's what we're known for. Um, but we're trying to do a lot more for the average investor who maybe doesn't know much about charting. And, uh, and that's to say, you know, not everybody's going to start their journey um, by, you know, doing technical analysis. We know that for sure. Um, and for, for some folks, we, we honestly understand that technical analysis may never be part of their journey uh, for investing. Um, mm -hmm. However, we've, we've capitalized on, on that audience as kind of our, our, um, our wedge because that's where we're really most competitive, right? We've been, I mean, even before TradingView, the founders built a company called MultiCharts and then they're actually the original architects of a company called um, uh, uh, eSignal, which is um, back in the 90s as a desktop software. So safe to say they are legendary in the space in terms of building um, really, really advanced charting and data visualizations. Um, but what they might not be expert in is, um, areas of say fundamental analysis or um, event-based trading. So that's more say news flow or alternative data, um, different data sets that maybe people don't think of as 
actionable, but if you actually really dig in, they can be extremely compelling for, um, say, you know, quarterly investing or long-term investing versus, say, intraday yeah. investing. And so we're, we're definitely trying to build a lot more around um, these kind of new work streams, knowing full well that, you know, um, some investors want to trade, you know, biannually uh, in some cases, right? So how can we give them all the tools they need uh, such that when they do, you know, have that moment or they need to really dig into their portfolio, uh, great. How can we provide you, you know, as much service as you possibly uh, might choose uh, such that you can make a more qualified decision in, in your investing. And so, um, yeah, that's a lot of what we're kind of gauging day to day and um, continue to kind of push in, into that direction, knowing full well that, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not our, like our, our bread and butter. It's not our sweet spot, but, um, but we know full well that um, there's a lot more investors out there than there are technical analysts. Um, mm -hmm. And so we continue to improve the product, um, but but we definitely do think that we can do well to um, offer something to a bunch of different investor classes as well, such that, yeah, they can learn at their own pace and maybe eventually they'll become technical analysts. But um, but we we uh, we definitely want to kind of build them a bridge so they can start their investing journey. Mm -hmm. Exciting. I mean, there's always something going on and following this path and also watching from you know from from the user perspective what is going on with TradingView. Once again, it's amazing. It's so exciting also to see how things develop and how you bring things together, not just from analysis side, and once again also from community side and brokerage. So I'm very very sure there's more to come, and I'm so excited really talking with you about this and looking at the watch. Already we're just coming to an end. So once again, Piers, I'm I'm so grateful. And honored that you really made the time in your tight schedule to, you know, to to give me and also the audience a bit more insights about yourself, trading you, and business. So thank you very much, and see you here next time. Awesome! Thanks for the time, Myland, and um, yeah, much much uh, congrats on on the kind of growth of the organization, and um, hope to catch you in in one of our uh, our global country uh, endeavors, um, maybe maybe India or 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 abroad somewhere. That's already it. And I really hope that you enjoyed this episode and you took away some learnings for your personal trading. If you want to learn more about me, about my interview partners, if you want to have a one-on-one -on -one coaching or even get into a training course with me or my interview partners, just get into the show notes and follow one of all these links you find there. And then I will be happy to hear and see you again. Your Wieland Alt.